Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. There are five of us. My sister was born when I went off to college, so we didn't participate in this part together. And so we would have hamburgers. And you, I don't know why it worked this way, but it always seemed to. Mom would take those hamburgers and put them on a plate in the middle of the table. And as I said, there were five of us, and she would always make six. Did you ever have that situation? Now, I was the oldest, and I was salivating. I want two. But I figured Dad has to have two. And the idea is, here it is. There is your portion. What am I going to do with the other portion? We'll just fight over that one, I guess. The word portion is a word that means a part of a whole. This word in the Greek language and in the Hebrew, the word uh, portion there in the Hebrew language in uh, lamentations used in the Greek in the New Testament. There's also another word that we're going to consider uh, which has the same concept. Think with me about this portion being part of a whole. In the New Testament we find that sometimes it is used for a piece or a part of the land or geographic area, a, a piece of this country. It's used a number of times in the Gospels that way. It's used in John 19 and verse 23 as Jesus is on the cross. The Bible says, And the soldiers were at the foot of the cross, and they took the garments of Jesus and divided them into four parts or portions. And each soldier, therefore, got a part. The tunic, of course, as the text says, was made from one piece of cloth, and therefore they didn't want to tear it. So they gave lots to see whose portion it would be. So the four parts of the garment were the pieces of the whole of Jesus' possessions. In Acts 23 and in verse number 6, Paul is being held in front of the ruling Jewish group and, and he's being called on the carpet for what he is preaching and teaching against Judaism. And he realized, it says in verse 6, when he realized that one part of the people there were the Sadducees and another part were the Pharisees, he then said, I am a Pharisee. Now it seems as though Paul had an intention to sort of stir up the people and get them sort of fighting amongst themselves. Because see, Sadducees were part of the ruling class. Pharisees were part of the ruling class, each would be a piece of the whole. In Acts 19, there is this disturbance in the city of Ephesus, and it's a disturbance over their idol god that was being preached against by those Christians. 
And when they were called to account of that, one person said, this our trade is under attack. The word trade there is this same word. This portion of the whole of work that we could do, our portion is under attack. And that could be a problem. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 6. It's used this way when the writer is describing the things that were in the temple in the Old Testament. Then he made this interesting statement. He said, of these things we cannot now speak in detail. In other words, the temple had been long ago destroyed. The things that had been in the temple for all of those centuries had long been gone. And, and he said, we cannot speak in detail, giving you every single part because we have observed it or we have known it because it never was a part of our lives. So the idea of a portion is it is a piece of the whole. But remember, our verse in Lamentation says, the Lord is my portion. Number two, this received portion, the piece of the whole, the received portion is built on a relationship. So you get a piece, you get a portion, you get a part because of a relationship. For instance, in Luke 15 in verse 12, you know the story of the prodigal son. The younger of the two sons that the man had, the Bible says, came to his father and said, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. What was he asking? What was he saying? Dad, I want my inheritance now. As a son, he had a part of the possessions of the father because he was in relationship to him. It was a relationship that provided for that portion. Acts chapter 8. Philip is preaching in the city of Samaria. And a number of people are converting to the truth, including one of them, Simon the sorcerer. After they were converted, the apostles sent Peter down there that he might lay hands on them so that they could receive the gift of the Spirit and be able to work miracles. This opportunity... Simon sat there watching this. And he said, Give me also this power that on whomever I lay hands, they may receive the Spirit as well. Simon had fooled people for many years that he was doing some miraculous thing when actually he was a trickster. But when he saw what these apostles were doing, he thought in his head, Now this is the real deal. I want a part of that. And Peter looked at him and said, you have neither part nor lot in this matter. What's he saying? 
You can't have a piece of this because you don't have a relationship. You do not have a relationship that allows you to have a part of this. Therefore, Simon, you're not like the prodigal son who could ask for his portion because he is a son. You have no relationship. And this idea of having a portion or having a piece of the whole comes from that idea of having a relationship. Paul uses it in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. And he's describing there that there are two sides. And he, he goes down to it and he's telling people at the end, he says, you need to come out from among them and be separate. One of the things that he says, he asks this question. He said, what part does a believer have with an unbeliever? What's he saying? Well, he's saying there is no relationship. He's saying that they don't have a relationship. They don't have a part that they can share together. There is no way to take a believer and an unbeliever and take the whole and parcel out a piece to each one because they don't have a relationship. The idea of having a portion, the idea of having a part, is there because of the relationship that exists. And without that relationship, there can be no portion. There can be no part. There is no connection. So to have a portion, when you receive a part, it is because you have a relationship. But now third... With this relationship comes certain rights. There are rights connected to the relationship and the portion that you have received. For instance, in Romans 9, Paul says, Does not the potter have the power over the clay? To make one vessel to honor and one vessel to dishonor? And of course, it's a rhetorical question because he's saying the potter's in charge. And he has the right to do whatever he wants to do. It's his clay. He can do what he wants with it. He can say, this is how I'm going to make it or this is how I'm going to make it. And therefore, he has the right. He has the opportunity he ha it is his portion to do whatever he wants. Consider 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Paul is talking about his apostleship. And he has been criticized. They've argued with him about his standing. And he constantly was trying to affirm that he was indeed an apostle of Jesus Christ. And on this occasion, in that defense again, he asks these questions. He says, do we not have the right to eat and drink? Now, he's not talking about eating a meal or having sustenance. 
He's saying, don't we have the right to eat and drink the things that we have told you that you can do? If I have said you could drink or you could eat food that has been sacrificed to idols and it's okay, if you can eat meats or you can eat vegetables, can't we too? Don't we have that right? What is he saying? Even though we are apostles, yes, we have that right. He said, do we not have the right to lead about a believing wife, as does also Cephas and the other and some others? What is he saying? Do I have the right to marry? Yes, I do. Why? Because I have, I am a part of the family that this includes. I have these instructions just like you do. I have the right, therefore, to act within them. Or is it only, he said in the next verse, is it only Barnabas and I who have no right to refrain from working? In other words, I have the right for you to take care of me for preaching all of the time. But you're saying maybe I don't have that right. Are you saying that I don't have the right just to preach and you take care of me, or do I have to care for myself? Paul is saying that I have a portion, I have a part, I have a piece of this whole thing because of relationship, and it gives me these rights. So what we've established so far is this. I have a portion, which is a piece of a whole, and that piece comes to me because of relationship. And with that relationship, there are rights connected to it. But remember, the Lord is my portion. How can I have a piece of the whole of the Lord? Just think about that for a minute. But consider with me now the verses that I was given that relate to this topic. The verses of our graduating seniors. I give you first from Colossians chapter 3, starting in verse 23. Whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of inheritance, for you serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Jonathan Mackinnon gave us that verse. It fits our topic of portion. Because I have a portion. This is my portion. This is our portion. We need to think of it not only in group now, but I want us to think of it, each of us, individually. This is my portion. My portion is my reward for my or as my inheritance. Through this verse, we are reminded of the relationship that we have together. We are related to Jesus Christ. We are a part of his family, and therefore we have an inheritance. God has promised a number of times in Scripture that we have this inheritance for us. It is a reward of the inheritance. My portion is to have a reward from the Lord. 
notice, and I have the right to claim it. It is my reward, and I have the right to claim it because I am a child of the Father. His inheritance is laid out there for me, and I have every right to it. Of course, there are responsibilities connected, but my portion is my reward from the Lord. Number two, my portion is a promise from the Lord. Caitlin Wakes gave us Romans 8, verse 28. For we know that all things work together for good to those who love the Lord, to those who are the called according to His purpose. That is a promise that I can claim. I can hold on to it. I can claim it because God says, I am going to make things work together for your good because you are my child. I can claim that. John referenced it this morning talking about the things that we have done that have really helped and, 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 and made things better in some ways through this time. We've learned some new things. We've made new connections. We've become more connected between us and the Lord maybe because it's an indiv more of an individual thing than it was a group thing. We have this promise that all the stuff that's been going on, all the difficulties we've been through, they can turn out good for us because my portion from the Lord is that He promises that He will work that out. A third verse comes to us from Mary Lou Johnston. And hers is found in Psalm 59 and, and verse 16. I will sing to the Lord for His great mercies, for you are my portion. You are my defense. God is my defense. I have a defense from the Lord. The text says in that passage, you are my defense in the time of my trouble. Just like a person accused of a crime is given a defense lawyer, we as children of God have been given this defense in time of trouble. Jesus is our lawyer, pleading our case before the Father. He is our defense in the way of thinking that when the world turns against us, He is our defense. It could also be that when Satan jumps up to try and grab us, we need to lean on Him and behind Him as our defense in that time of trouble. I need to claim that defense. But if I'm always afraid and scared, if I think I can't do it, if I think I'm going to be overcome, if I'm nervous and upset, 
then I'm not claiming the defense that God offers to us. He is our defense in time of trouble. This is my portion. And finally from Lindsay Patrick, we get the verse from John 13 in verse 7. Jesus is washing the disciples' feet. And he comes to Peter, as you remember, and Peter is hesitant. He said, no, Lord, you don't need to do this to me. I think Peter's motive was proper. He was trying to say, Lord, you're better than I am. Why should you wash my feet? I need to wash yours. And, and Jesus' comeback was the idea of saying, if, you, if I don't wash you, you have no part with me. If I don't wash you, you have no part with me. Lindsay reminds us that we will understand because the verse says, you don't now know what, you don't understand right now what is going to happen, but one day you will. As Peter couldn't figure out, why was the Lord washing his feet? And why do I have to have him wash me to be a part of him? He would eventually understand it. My portion is that the Lord wants me to understand. I don't need to be left in the dark. I don't need to be ignorant. I need understanding. Peter did get it, didn't he? Because on that great day of Acts chapter 2, that Pentecost Sunday, the Bible says that he stood up with great power and he preached the gospel message of Jesus Christ. And it was in that message that he said, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You think you finally understood? You think you finally got it? I think he did. And Jesus said, you don't understand now, but you will. I think I can say that to all of us. I don't understand now, but I will. As we grow and as we mature, we understand more and more. And even if I don't finally understand in this life, there is a promise that I will understand in the next. It's coming. That is my portion. And these four have reminded us. They have reminded us that we indeed are people who have a portion with the Lord. We have a reward. This reward comes because of the relationship. We have a promise that God is going to, to make things work for us. We have a portion of a defense that Jesus is on my side defending me. And we have a portion that I can know and understand what God wants me to know. In closing, think about this. That word portion is used again. The word right is the translation in, in Revelation 22 and 14. Blessed are those who obey, who keep his commandments, that they may have right 
to the tree of life and enter in through the gates into the city. We have the right to enter in and we have to obey or to keep the commandments of God. But then listen to Colossians 1 in verse 12. He has, Jesus has qualified us to be partakers, to have this part. I began by giving the definition that a portion is a piece of a whole. But Jeremiah wrote in Lamentations, the Lord is my portion. Am I supposed to say that I can have a piece of the whole of God? Let's look at it, what I think actually is going on. The Lord is my portion because it's the whole of my life. And I am his portion. I am one of his whole family of God. I am one of his and he is mine. That word portion when it speaks of God, is not saying that we have the right to divide up our lives and here's a piece where I have God and here's a piece where I don't. Instead, He is my portion. There is no other piece. There is no other piece. We can't take pieces and parts of God. Jesus said, if you're not for me, you are against me. Today, Claim your portion. Claim your portion. But tonight, I want to take off on a, an idea that Brian Mackinnon presented during one of our leadership classes. And I'm going to look at Elisha. When Elisha said, I want a double portion. Tonight, let's think about the idea. Not only do we have a portion, but we should claim or desire a double portion. As we close, if you don't have a part, if you don't have a portion with the Lord because you've not come into relationship with Him, let me encourage you today to decide to be immersed into Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you've set your portion aside, let me ask you to come back and claim it again and let us help you with that. Thank you for joining us today. May God bless you. May God bless us and our nation, especially as we begin returning to life again. Look forward to seeing you tonight. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.